This is Science Friday. I'm Flora Lichtman. And I'm Charles Berquist. Last month, NASA announced a new scientific leader, Dr. Nicola Fox. She's taking on a critical role at NASA, shaping the agency's science priorities and overseeing roughly 100 missions with a budget of over $7 billion. Her portfolio includes space science from astrophysics and Earth science to the planets in our own solar system to exoplanets far beyond. Previously, she was director of the Heliophysics Division at NASA, which studies the sun and its role in the solar system. Joining me now to talk more about her new position, career path, and plans for science at NASA is my guest, Dr. Nicola Fox. Her official title is Associate Administrator for the Science Mission Directorate, based at NASA headquarters in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Science Friday, Dr. Fox. Thanks so much. So this is a big job. Are you having a kind of kid-in-a-candy-store moment or a oh-my-what-have-I-done moment here? Um, a little bit of both, I think. Definitely kid-in-a-candy-store because, you know, when you... I think the first time I gave a talk and instead of just having the heliophysics fleet, I had the entire science mission directorate fleet, you know, all of those missions that you were just talking about around all of the different areas. And uh, that was that was a, oh, golly, look at look at all the things that that I have to worry about, to manage, to to enjoy. And then there's also the good grief, what have I done uh, moments, too, when I described it as, you know, when Wiley Coyote's running along and Roadrunner holds up a sign that says, turn back. <laughs> and then he keeps going and she turned back and then he saw the cliff and falling. I'm, uh, there was a moment where I kind of felt like, I'm off the cliff. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I quickly scrambled back on. But it is, as you say, it's a very big job. And there's so many different aspects to it. And, you know, and I really do feel that I am responsible for the success of NASA's science program. And so, you know, there is that that kind of, oh, this is this is a huge, huge job. And, and um, you know, we all have confidence crises every now and again and think, golly, can I really do it? But, you know, I'm sort of taking it one week at a time. And so I'm now in week four and we've had three successful weeks. So, um, you know, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. And there's always new challenges and new things to do every single day. Right. But you're not new to NASA. But before this, you ran the heliophysics unit, as I mentioned. You oversaw the Parker Solar Probe mission, which touched the outer surface of the sun for the first time. What was the big thing you took away from that experience? So being with the, the Parker Solar Probe team, which I, I did before I came to the agency, I was at the Applied Physics Lab, uh, Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab, and I was the project scientist for Parker Solar Probe. And that was an amazing, amazing experience. It's an incredible mission, you know, 60 years from uh, initial sort of, oh, that would be good to us actually launching. For me, the thing I learned from from that one was just the power of working in a really high-performing team and just learning to rely on people and learning that, you know, it's okay to ask for help. And, it, you know, there's always someone that's got your back, you know, that kind of feeling. And so when I came to the agency, to the Heliophysics Division in 2018, I jumped into the middle of a really high-performing team, you know, and it was just a pleasure to work alongside them and to lead them and to, you know, really lead the Heliophysics Division to do great things. Tell me a little bit about your own science interests. What what questions are you really interested in from a scientific perspective? Oh, golly. I mean, so many, actually. I mean, if I stick with my my sort of training, then, you know, I'm interested in in the sun, uh, how the sun works. But more importantly, to, to my own research, 
was really how that continually streaming solar atmosphere, the solar wind, how that impacts the Earth and and what sort of space weather phenomena it causes. You know, I, my PhD was studying the the aurora and we you know kind of when the aurora may be formed under conditions that you might not think it would form under. And so, you know, there, there's always part of me that's still still in the, oh, we're talking about the aurora. That's great. But, you know, we have aurora <laughs> on other planets. We have solar activity on other stars in other stellar systems. And so I, I think that, you know, for stepping into this role, it's really the excitement of how the questions that maybe we ask in heliophysics, how they transfer into the other divisions and and the sort of synergies of the, the type of science we do. Certainly, you know, you, you can't not look at a James Webb Space Telescope image and not go, wow, you know, and and just thinking about the fact that we can study our own sun because it's kind of a star in our backyard and not that it was easy to get to. It took 60 years to develop that technology to get the mission to do that. But we are able to study that star kind of close up. And, you know, what we learn about that star, it's we say it's an average star, um, which makes it sound like it's nothing to get excited about. But it's a star that, you know, that actually supports life on Earth. And so actually learning about that average star and then, you know, looking for other average stars in other systems, you know, that could also have planets around them that could sustain life. And so, you know, that they're the things that are really exciting. You know, how do we, building blocks of the solar system, we have OSIRIS-REx coming back in September, bringing samples with it from an asteroid Bennu, which is a very old asteroid that has, you know, those those precursors of our solar system embedded in it. So what are we going to find out from that asteroid that enabled our planet to form, that enabled it to sustain water, to sustain life? So, you know, it's those kind of links that that we have from almost any area of the science at NASA that just organically link to other areas of science. So they're the things that get me the most excited. So there are so many of these links and so many questions out there. No project is ever going to say, oh, we need less money. We need less telescope time. How do you even start trying to balance them all? Well, so we have we have obviously agency priorities. You know, we have things that uh, we, we, we want to do as an agency. We also have a lot of community input through our national academies. And so, you know, every 10 years we have a decadal survey that is done and members of, you know, really diverse um, sort of group of scientists and, and engineers and people that know how to do missions get together um, and they give us our decadal survey. And there's, you know, one for each of the different divisions here um, in the science mission directorate that really tells us what our priorities um, for science are going to be or should be, you know, and so we get a lot of of really great input about um, what the exciting science, what what our priorities should be. And then, you know, obviously, as you say, nobody ever says, oh, no, no, we only need half that budget. We'll do half the science. I mean, we're always trying to do more, more science, more technology, more everything else. But you just have to balance it. I mean, there is a finite amount of resources uh, that we have. And that's not just budget. That's also the number of people that we that we have available to work on missions. So there's all, you know, there's lots of things we have to balance. So, um, you know, there's a lot of constraints. Um, but golly, I'm still the best job on the planet. So. Speaking of of limited budgets, limited time, there was a planned mission to Venus, Veritas, 
uh, the recent budget request doesn't have any funding for it in the coming year. What happened there? Again, it's it's actually just balancing priorities. Uh, so we have a mission that is going to be launching at the end of this year called Psyche. They had some some issues. They missed their launch window. And, you know, you, you don't want to stop a mission that's about to launch. You know, you've put a lot of effort, a lot of a lot in it. And so, uh, you know, that that mission is going to go ahead and launch in October. Uh, I know, unfortunately, because of of the finite budget, Veritas um, had to be delayed, not canceled, delayed. And so, you know, they 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 will get their shot. But unfortunately, it's not as early as they would have liked it. But Veritas is still very much in our plan moving forward. There's research at NASA that is sort of focused on where we came from, the star origin, planet origin. There's research that looks at where we are now with all of the Earth observing programs. And then there's research that looks at where we're going with exoplanets and planetary habitability and things like that. Where do your interests lie? Literally across all that you just said. I mean, that's what I, I said about the linkages between the the science. And and honestly, heliophysics is kind of, I mean, obviously I'm biased. I, I'm a heliophysicist. I'm going to to like heliophysics. But it actually touches every one of the other. There's a big overlap between heliophysics and and each of the other divisions, you know. And so that's what I was saying about the science is just so exciting. And just as you start learning about it, you know, you just find, oh, the questions that you were asking in your sort of your little little field of research are applicable in in all of the others. And so, um, you know, where the, the I, Osiris Rex telling us about where we came from, you know, looking at uh, Webb, looking further back than anything possibly can, you know, to the to the, the beginnings of, of our universe. I mean, there's so much exciting stuff. I literally could not pick a favorite. You mentioned Osiris Rex and Psyche. Are there other upcoming missions that you're especially excited about? Um, I'm excited about just about everything that we have in the portfolio as we start to do the Earth System Observatory really putting all different ways that we're going to be looking at our planet, so how, how we protect planet Earth. We have Tempo coming up that are looking at how pollution sort of evolves over the day and night, looking 24-7, um, looking down at, I think it's got a field of view from like the Gulf of Mexico up to the oil flats of Canada, and it's, it goes from the Atlantic to the Pacific. I mean, I'm just going to shamelessly plug a little mission for heliophysics called OR, the Atmospheric Wave Experiment, and it's a little instrument, and it's going to go on the International Space Station, and that's launching at the end of this year, too. You know, we also have a mission going to Mars called Escapade that is going to look sort of at the at the solar wind and how it how it impacted Mars. And actually, you know, we also are kicking off the heliophysics big year, which is we've got eclipses that you're going to be able to see from the U.S. Uh, later this year, they will have an annular eclipse. So that's when, you know, the moon isn't quite in the right place to block out all of the sun, but you'll see a sort of ring of fire around the sun. Um, if you're going to look at that, you must wear your glasses, must, must, <laughs> must wear your glasses for that one, eclipse glasses. But then next year in April, we'll have a total solar eclipse, which um, if anyone saw that in 2017, is just the most amazing experience. So much exciting going on. Just uh, That's just in the next year. The plaque on the door says you're in charge of science, but obviously in any government role, there, there are political considerations here too, right? 
Um, yes. I mean, uh, some of the, the, the really exciting things actually are, are, you know, working with our government friends in the White House and planning out how how just science is going to grow overall, working with the Office of Science, Technology and Policy about their priorities and how, you know, how we can help, how we can actually literally lift science up for everybody, I think is just a, a, it's a great experience to be able to do all this. You're listening to Science Friday from WNYC Studios. In case you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Dr. Nicola Fox, Associate Administrator for the Science Mission Directorate at NASA. You've said in the past that it was sort of a dream to work for NASA. Tell me a little bit about your career path and how you got here. I'd always loved science. Definitely science was 100% my favorite subject. I, I went to college, studied physics, uh, wasn't didn't didn't really love it when I was at college. Not going to lie, had some some uh, definite sort of imposter syndrome and some issues with physics at first. I went and did a master's in uh, satellite communications and telecommunications. And when I was there doing my master's, I mean, literally every one of my professors said to me, "You don't think like an engineer. You think like a scientist. You're worried about. You're not worried about the." how you always want to know why and you ask the, you know in quotes the wrong questions and so i went back to imperial college in london is where i did my phd I, I also did my first degree there i went back there and i did space plasma physics phd and loved it and you know was obviously very excited about my work as as one is when you're doing a phd you think it's the best thing ever um and i was at a meeting in uh, in alaska and I was presenting my work and a scientist came over and said, you know, would you be interested in applying for a postdoc at NASA? And, you know, I, mm. I didn't even know that was a possibility. You know, coming from the UK, it never occurred to me that I actually could go and work for NASA. And so I jumped at the chance, applied for the postdoc, was lucky enough to be awarded it and um, moved to Goddard Space Flight Center, Greenbelt, Maryland. Uh, I was there for uh, about three years, and then I went up to uh, the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab and worked on a number of different NASA missions, the the last one being Parker Solar Probe. After that, I came here for heliophysics. Do you have any advice for any young scientists who might want to follow in your footsteps and get that great NASA job? Um, you know, I I think the most important thing is to do what you love. Do whatever's in your heart. That's really the most important thing. If you do what you love, you may find that that opportunity opens up for you. And honestly, if you want to work for NASA, there's a, so many different careers and so many different types of jobs that that are necessary to get missions off the ground or to, to get people to different destinations. And so really, whatever you want to do, there's probably a career path for you at NASA. Aside from the sun, do you have a favorite space object, some planet or galaxy that really speaks to you? Um, I have to say, I've, I've, I've always just, I've always been a sucker for Saturn. I have. It's always been my favorite planet. I, I think it's because it has the rings, but it's, it's just always been the one that I, I, I love looking at it through the telescopes and, and um, you know, all the, the amazing work that's been done you know, with Cassini and just studying uh, Saturn. That, that's, that's probably my favorite one, if I had to pick one. I love them all, of course. Do you have a favorite space fact? The thing that makes you just say, wow, that's so cool. So this is going to sound really pathetic if I give you what I, the, the thing that honestly I think is so cool. But the fact that, you know, 
when we, we send missions, we look at the sun, we look, you know, we're studying it in all different ways. And then the fact that the sun is a star and there are, you know, so many other stars that are like our sun, you know, and so, it, so for me, it's just that feeling that we're in this solar system and, you know, it's great. And we think that's the be all and end all, but we're a little tiny piece in this huge universe, you know, and so we can study everything and, and then how we apply it to other other places. But just that that feeling that we, you know, we have this opportunity to study a star up close. We have an opportunity to study planets. And then we have the ability to sort of look into the depths of the universe and apply all the knowledge that we have from here to all those far-reaching places. So it's kind of cheesy, but I, it, it's just that feeling of of what we do here has so much, so many bigger impacts on on everything else. That's all the time we have. I, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Nicola Fox, Associate Administrator for the Science Mission Directorate at NASA. She's based in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today. Thank you so much.